You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, March 16th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my work in places like Baseball, FYI, and Friars on Base, or my more entertainment-related work at places like Mental Floss, Nerdist, Film Cred, Film Inquiry, and Inverse, and many more of this year Lockdown Padres podcast, though. You can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E. N-O. And if you feel so inclined, guys, only if you feel oh so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do my very old best to get back to you and also maybe answer some of your questions on this here show. And before we get into what we're going to be covering on today's show, guys, I just want to reiterate, I mentioned it yesterday, I mentioned on Twitter today, I'm going to be doing a live locker room kind of recording show on uh, Wednesday this week, St. Patrick's Day. It's going to be a ton of fun, and I'm asking you guys to send me over your questions or comments or whatever. Going to be doing kind of a whole mailbag episode, basically going to be doing a mailbag live. Very nervous to a degree with it because I'm worried if I might just be speaking it to avoid it. If anybody tunes in, you guys should download the app. I'm going to link everything in the description that you need to know about that for this podcast Definitely tune in. It's going to be fun. Hey, I might even have, I might even indulge a little bit in a couple beverages because it is St. Patrick's Day uh, after all. So I have to be a little bit with the theme. Um, but that's going to be so much fun. Ask me your baseball questions about the Padres, uh, about any um, baseball teams, and about life in general. And I'll be sure to answer them. It's going to be a ton of fun. So stay tuned. That'll be Wednesday, March 17th. Tomorrow at the time, if you're listening to this podcast on March 16th, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be a lot of fun, and all you have to do is just hop in the app, and my room will appear. It'll be called Lockdown Padres. You'll, you'll see. You'll know it when you see it. But now, guys, let's get into today's episode. We're going to be recapping some spring training action that occurred yesterday in a game against the Brewers, and then talking about my thoughts on the top 10 uh pitching staffs in baseball according to Fangraphs, and this was circulating a lot last week. So let's get right into it, everybody. Let's let's just let's just go right here. Yesterday, the Padres defeated the Milwaukee Brewers by a score of 13-3. to The Padres obviously had a lot of offense here. As always, let's start with the pitching, though. Blake Snell. Oh, man. Blake Snell. Uh, man. You just... Every time I say the name, I just remember that December 27th. When A.J. Preller decided to trade for this man and just change all of our lives. Wasn't it so glorious? But anyway, in terms of this game, he went three innings, giving up no runs, one hit, uh, no walks, and striking out two. He was great. He was efficient. And I think efficient is actually one of the things that I'm paying attention to the most for Blake Snell this year. And what I mean by that isn't, you know, some people have brought up, oh, when he's facing the order, the batting order for the third time, he's not as good as ERA jumps by a lot. Well, I think that that's one of those kind of stretch stats I'll call it people are stretching a little bit to find a, a critique of a pitcher with that because everybody gets worse with uh throughout the rest of the lineup but for Snell it's efficiency in terms of this um 
He's averaging 4.23 pitches per batter face in the past three seasons, and that's the majors' third worst among pitchers who have made at least a minimum of 25 starts. So that's not great. I still think he's going to be awesome this year. I'm still excited for him, but what takes him to the next level might be that, you know, monitoring his pitch count, making sure he's not working too hard, I guess, to face through um, all these batters. That way, when he faces them the third time in a row, it's not, you know, going to be as bad as some of the numbers have suggested. So Snell, borderline, is probably a low A-tier pitcher, maybe high B-tier pitcher in the league right now. In terms of tier list, just based on a couple things, one being that he's won the Cy Young, but also on the counter of that, it will it was one year, and some people think that that might have just been his best year that he's ever going to have. We'll have to see, though. We'll have to see if he picks up some, uh, learns a couple things out here in San Diego. We'll see, and who knows? He's still got room to grow, for sure. I mean, he's not like he's super old or anything, Snell, but that wasn't the most exciting thing of the game. You know, we did have another Mr. Emilio Pagan, who I think is going to have a solid little bounce-back season since he was so bad last year. He goes an inning, giving up no runs on one hit two strikeouts but the big thing as evidenced by the 13 runs well yeah the 13 runs there was a lot of offense today and it was from a lot of fun guys I don't, I don't even know where to start let's start with the biggest highlight which was Mr. CJ Abrams one of the top 10 prospects ranked amongst all teams in baseball hits a grand salami welcome to slam Diego Mr. CJ Abrams so happy to have you here um Goes one for three on the game with four ribbies, obviously, with the Grand Slam. Uh, also a walk uh, in the game. Abrams, one of those guys, it's not like he's been completely mashing in spring training so far, for at least from what I've seen, but he has had a lot of moments, I think. He's had a lot of moments with the triple early on. I think it was only like the third game that the Padres played this string, um, spring training session, and he had a triple. His speed is off the charts. He's got a good grip on and look on the ball, so very excited for when C.J. Abrams eventually makes his debut, which probably won't be you know this season, but it's still going to be something to keep an eye on, and it's so exciting that even though the Padres are built to win now, they still have some aces in the hole potentially in the future, and Abrams is one of them. But he wasn't the only exciting young guy. Also, Jorge Mateo, he goes two for four with three RBIs, including a triple, which was great, and a walk. So Jorge Mateo, one of those guys I talked about, you know, was a little bit underwhelming last season and has been a little bit underwhelming in spring, especially on the base pass. He'd been caught twice stealing last time I checked. And, you know, after the Grisham injury, I think we were all worried about that. So thankfully, it seems like he's turning it up again. Not that spring training stats matter, but it does matter in terms of, you know, how the team views him, I guess. Not necessarily about how he'll perform, but how the team views him. Robert Hassel made a brief appearance. He pinch hit. He had a walk <laughs> and uh, also got a hit and two at-bats. Uh, that's very cool. Tommy Pham gets two hits and three at-bats. Like I said, it was just an offensive kind of explosion. And then also Brian O'Grady, who probably even had the, you could say, the better game. He goes two for three with four RBIs and two home runs. He hit two home runs. Why did I bury the lead there? And two walks. He hit two homers. So O'Grady, one of those guys, uh, another kind of low-key signing from the Padres this offseason. I don't know exactly where he'll fit on the depth chart, but I think sometimes we get a little bit exciting seeing anybody play first base that isn't uh, Eric Hosmer, so we all get a little bit excited. I mean, I wonder if Padres fans would be like, look, if we could just remove the Hosmer contract, you know, and then just bring in some other replacement, some people might feel that way. I'm not saying that's how I feel. I don't want to make this the Hosmer bashing thing, but still, really cool to see that from Grady. Webster Rivas, he goes one for two with a walk and a triple. Uh, he's the key was he... Uh, subbed in at catcher. Uh, Victor Caratini was in today, and let me just talk about him really quickly with the injury to Austin Nola. 
it seems like, yeah, he's going to have to be the guy that steps up. So he's all of a sudden, he goes from Chicago just catching for you, Darvish, and now he's in San Diego, and he's probably going to start out at least a little bit of the beginning of the season, potentially based on what we've heard of Nola and the fracture to his throwing um, throwing hand finger, that he's going to have to step up you know, for the team, especially in the early going. But at least, hey, his lifetime um, on-base percentage of 327, not too bad. You know what I mean? It's not below average. It's not like he's getting on base at a 260 clip or something like that. That would be really bad. This is at Austin Hedges, so as long as he could just deliver a little bit. Hey, maybe even 2019, he only played 95 games, but he batted 266 with a 348 on base. That's the high end of expectations there. But uh, I don't know. Stranger things have happened is all I'm saying, guys. Stranger things have happened. Um, but that's basically all from the Padres side of things. Um, and now just because this is what I'm doing for spring training since they only play a lot of these teams once uh, in the spring. Just talked about the Brewers. The Brewers, we're going to talk a little bit actually in this next segment. So I don't want to say I'm going to save some of my thoughts on that because they will be mentioned. But Brewers are one of those teams that very solid but had a lot of things not go their way last year, I don't think. But a, a well-rounded team that just doesn't – it seems like they're missing a couple, you know – Bangs. They need a lot of things to go well for them, um, but they are in a friendlier division than the Padres are in, so maybe who knows? They might be a, a sleeper contender and a sleeper bounce back team for this year. But uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna share more of my thoughts on them in a little bit. But for now, let's talk, guys, for a second about cars. Vroom! Everybody, I have to talk to you about rockauto.com. First and foremost, they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have everything, engine control modules, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. They really have everything. Uh, whether for it's, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered to your door. It's really convenient. And also their, their catalog, it's really easy to navigate. Too. Uh, you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. And that last point, prices. Best of all, prices at rockout.com, guys, they're always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you, you guys are smart. You listen to Lockdown Padres. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Doesn't make any sense now, does it? Nope. Not one bit. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, after that little intermission, we are back here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. I don't know why I'm talking in a soothy, jazzy voice. I don't know. But we're going to be talking, guys, for the rest of the show about the top 10 pitching rotations in baseball, according to fan graphs. This kind of graphic was going around a lot more last week. It had a lot of discourse around it, and it was exciting to talk about. Um, but before we get into that, I want to quickly mention to you and recommend another podcast to you guys that is Locked On Bets. You know, betting, it doesn't have to be a super guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, uh, which is a lot of fun at Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. It's a fun podcast for all you gambling uh, and fanatics out there and all that. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. That podcast is awesome. Those guys are smart too like i'm not lying like i listen and those guys are pretty right on i mean betting on sports i think is a fool's game most of the time but those guys do the best job that you could possibly ask for but enough about that guys let's get into this top 10 rotations thing firstly i want to react to the top 10 
And here's what it was according to Fangaffs. Number one, your San Diego Padres. At number one, then the Los Angeles Dodgers. At number two, and then number three, the New York Mets. Number four, the New York Yankees. Number five, the Washington Nationals. Number six, the Chicago White Sox. Number seven, the Cincinnati Reds. Number eight, the Philadelphia Phillies. Number nine, the Atlanta Braves. And number 10, rounding it out, the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, first reaction. Obviously, we got to talk about Padres. This is a Padres podcast. I understand, yeah, the Padres being in the in at number one. I think that the Padres and Dodgers might be best described as 1A and 1B right now because I talked about this with Jeff Snyder on the crossover from a couple weeks ago. You guys should definitely go listen to that when we did it on the old Division Day uh, thing that the Lockdown Network has been doing. I basically talked about it won't be shocking if a guy like you Darvish has a better season than Clayton Kershaw. It will not be shocking if Blake Snell does better than Walker Buehler or vice versa between those two. It won't be shocking if Denelson Lamette is better than Trevor Bauer. It won't be shocking. The thing is that it won't be shocking. And I'm not necessarily saying they will be better because especially with Lamette, we they're probably going to be monitoring him a little bit because they want to make a run in the postseason. So they're going to want him healthy. At least that's according to what I've read from people like Dennis Lynn of The Athletic. But I do think that maybe just based on longevity and more of a a larger sample size that it might make sense to put the Dodgers ahead. However, I do think that there is a little bit more excitement with the Padres when it comes to their number four and five starters. And I don't know if this was factored into it. Maybe if Mackenzie Gore comes up might be another part of the reason why they have the the Padres as number one. Um, And the fact that Musgrove and Paddock might be the most overqualified four and fives in the year in the league is probably why they're at the top there don't get me wrong guys like Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May those guys are pretty solid and I think they're going to be good for the Dodgers and they have plenty of other arms believe me but uh, I do think that there is something to be said for how overqualified I mean Paddock was the ace last year he was the number one pitcher heading into last season and I actually think he's going to be a lot better this year same thing goes for Musgrove so I understand that but to me the most interesting stuff here in terms of the rest of the list the other thing that jumps out at me is the Yankees and here's the thing you guys know I've got my Yankees roots but it's not because of that it's actually because I don't think the Yankees should be on here at all and I think that they're being I mean not think they are being carried by Garrett Cole who I like to organize my rankings and thoughts comparatively I like to put teams into tiers players into tiers the Yankees do have what I would say is one of the three, I'm going to say three S-tier pitchers in the league. I think the three S-tier pitchers in the league are Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, and Shane Bieber, although Shane Bieber's the lowest one. He's just right in there because, you know, it's only been a couple seasons, but he was awesome last year, and I think he's going to be awesome this year. So I think those are the three S-tiers, and if you guys are curious, I think guys like Walker Bueller and Trevor Bauer are like, if they have a good season, they might vault into the S-tier too, and Max Scherzer, because in a shortened season, you know, he was he was a little rough last year. He gave up the long ball a good amount. He gave up really crucial, awful home runs at the wrong time, got up there in the pitch count. I just think it might have been a little bit of a lost season for him, but I think he's the other one that probably could be in this S tier of pitchers immediately. I just want to see a little bit more from him to show that last year might have just been a little bit of an outlier. But bottom line, those are my S tier pitchers, and that's the reason the Yankees are in here. That's basically the only reason. And when I look at the rest of their team, don't get me wrong, I think that you can argue that a team, if they have one of those S-tier pitches, uh, uh, pitchers that I've been mentioning, should be in the top 10 at least just because of that and since it's so rare to have someone as good as that. But then you look at their number two and three starters, Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone, 
And then number four started Jordan Montgomery, and then Domingo Herman at five, theoretically, of course. And D- Davey Garcia would be the other pitcher that might fill in. And then they have Luis Severino, but he's on the DL. And that's the thing, DL, injuries. Corey Kluber has thrown 36.2 innings the past two seasons. 36.2. And Jamison Tyone, he's coming off two Tommy John surgeries. I like those guys as t- in terms of they're the type of guys, Corey Kluber, back in the day before, you know, A.J. Peller made all those trades. Corey Kluber is one of those guys I thought, hey, I would I would take a flyer on that guy if I were the Padres. Not a lot of money, just a one-year deal. I would like that. But I do not vibe with this idea that Corey Kluber is enough to put the Yankees at number four. Not like not like number 10 or number 9, number 4 for Fangraphs. That's just a little bit too much for me. If we can see that Corey Kluber is healthy and stuff, then okay, maybe that's something. And if we see Jamison Tyone can be a little bit something. But for now, there's just way too many questions, and I think that's way too high. I'm being way too carried by Garrett Cole. Like, I think that the White Sox are better than them. I think the Mets, who are ranked above them, are better than them because they have one of those S-tier pitchers, plus someone interesting, actually, in the number two with Carlos Carrasco and then Marcus Stroman. Don't get me wrong, those two have their own injury concerns, too. But I'm feeling a whole lot more confident in that pitching staff versus them. The Nationals, um, yeah, I think the Nationals should probably be, I would rank them ahead of them. Don't get me wrong, they have injury concerns too, but if Steven Strasburg is back and you know, kind of at full health, he basically he only pitched five innings last year, so it was just a lost season for him. Shocker, Steven Strasburg hurt yet again. But if he's in his A-tier type of position and then Max Scherzer can return to S-tier this year and then you get some a bounce back from Patrick Corbin, who I still think has some good strikeout stuff, even if he was a little bit wild last year, then I think they should be ranked above them. In this kind of theoretical exercise we're talking about, I think the Reds at seven makes a little bit of sense, but I think they're demoting them a little bit too much because they did lose Trevor Bauer, but they still have some really uh, good pitchers on that team for their rotation. With Luis Castillo, who's awesome and might have a true, 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 like awesome breakout, like top 10 type of pitching in him, and Sonny Gray's not too bad. I even kind of like Tyler Mayhew a little bit, so I think that they're just a tad, tad better, even if they don't have that S-tier pitcher. Uh, maybe eh, I'm okay with the Reds being ranked behind them, to a degree, because Cole really is just that good. I think it just is the the uncertainty of what whatever the heck you're getting out of Tyone and Kluber makes it very odd that they're being placed at four. Not in the top ten, but four is, I think, my biggest issue. And then... I, I think that the lowest teams ranked on here, 9 and 10, the Braves and Brewers, I actually think are being a little bit underrated. I don't think that Philly should be ahead of either of those teams. Don't get me wrong, I like Aaron Nola, and I kind of sort of like Zach Wheeler, but I don't think that's necessarily better than what Atlanta and Milwaukee have. Milwaukee would be a lot higher on this list in terms of just pitching if you were also counting relievers, because they do have Josh Hader and Devin Williams, but I really want to talk about Atlanta, and I also want to talk about which team I think should deserve to be in here potentially in this top 10, but before we get into that, I need to talk to you guys about a pair of really important things, and the first one is betonline.ag, guys. BetOnline is the fastest, fastest, and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and hey, get your brackets ready, guys. You know, March Madness is going to be beginning, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Uh, Today, the Oscar nominees were just announced, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, guys. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
which is the best part, man. Nothing in life is free. They say, well, it is free to sign up for Bet Online. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 15% welcome bonus on your first deposit We're using the promo code Locked On. Be sure to use that promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, guys, the second thing, perhaps the most important thing, I've been talking about it enough, and I'm sick of talking. I'm sick of having to tell you guys. You know, if you aren't already on the Built Bar bandwagon, I don't know what to do with you, right? I've been shouting from Mount Olympus. I've been shouting it from the Empire State Building how good these things are. They are amazing, low calorie, low sugar, low uh, high protein, high fiber, and they're amazingly, amazingly well made in terms of just, you know, being super soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. They are delicious. And now it's time to find out. We already know about those March Madness NCAA brackets, guys. But let's talk about the most important bracket of the month, guys. It is time for Billboard Madness. Today's matchup, guys, is the peanut butter brownie versus the coconut almonds. Peanut butter brownie coming off a of victory against raspberry, which I disagree with. I think that people are voting based on the, the, the traditional. We're used to peanut butter and brownies being good. Everybody loves peanut butter, but they're not looking at the facts. And the facts, guys, is that it's not quite as good for this particular built bar. I just think that it's great, but it's not, you know, S tier good. And I think coconut almond is another one of those flavors. Talked about it yesterday with mint brownie. I usually am not like the biggest coconut fan, but I loved coconut almonds. I'm picking coconut almonds here. I just think it tastes better. I think you already have plenty of chocolate and stuff. So don't go for the peanut butter brownie, guys. Go for the thing that tastes different. You know, it's just it just tastes different and unique. So I'm going with coconut almond, guys. But if you want to see more of the matchups and what have you, go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Uh, remember to use the promo code, guys. Most importantly, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of them all. And now, guys, let's come right back to sit. That's right, right back to the show. We're keeping it rolling. I want to talk to you guys about Milwaukee's rotation and Atlanta's rotation. And firstly, when it comes to Milwaukee, I think that they should be higher than Philly. I'd even argue that they should be higher than the Yankees. I really think the Yankees are just like New York media bias coming in crazy on this bracket here, at least in my opinion. But for Milwaukee, I just think that that team, I think that's one of those teams, actually, that I understand why they're ranked on this list. I think that they're a little bit underrated, but it's for good reason. They basically have their two, like, kind of ace, you know, the number one and two guys in their rotation, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. They're kind of those guys that aren't names yet, and they're on the potential precipice of breaking out, right? I mean, Corbin Burns, just for, for a recap, like, I saw him in my fantasy draft yesterday, and I really wanted to pick him, but I just didn't pull the trigger, and we're going to talk about my fantasy draft, uh, how that went for lockdown. Maybe on Friday, actually, I'll share with you guys my team, but both of those guys aren't household names yet, but the strikeout rate for Brandon Woodruff is through the roof, and especially for Corbin Burns, K per 9 of 13 last year. He was awesome. So if those guys are able to replicate, if their breakouts last year were, were legit, then they could be awesome, but I understand maybe be ranking them a little bit lower because part of this is is that if you were just counting pitching in general then I think that they'd be higher up because even guys like Freddie Peralta are pretty decent for them but they have two potential all-star relievers on their team with Josh Hader and Devin Williams Devin Williams guys you know what his K per nine last year it was friggin 17 and he finished with a 0.33 ERA at a 0.63 whip are you kidding me and that was uh, it's just ridiculous, right? But I think that if you count all pitching, Milwaukee might be like, 
like maybe five or six on this list. I, I might have them in like the upper tier, maybe like if you count the bullpen as well. But in terms of just rotations, I understand that the team that I think maybe belonged in this list. This shouldn't be too surprising. That probably deserved to be on here. Maybe, honestly, I'd swap out Philly for them. I'd probably, I think I'd be okay swapping out Milwaukee uh, for them and maybe even the Reds for them. That's Cleveland. You know, that's the Cleveland Indians. And if the New York Yankees are going to get into the top four because they have one of the S-tier pitchers, then Cleveland should be on this list because they have Shane Bieber, who won the Cy Young last year, last time I checked. So he's an S-tier pitcher for me. So by default, you know, if you want to have them in here in the top 10, that makes sense. But they also have guys like Zach Plesak, who may be a bit of a jerk, maybe a bit of a jerk. He had that whole COVID kind of disaster last year that happened with him and you not being super apologetic that famous car video that he had so he might be a little bit of a jerk I get that people don't like him but he's got a lot of talent and then guys like Aaron Saval are pretty okay as back of the rotation type of stars and Tristan McKenzie while I do think he performed a little bit over his head for his kind of debut and where I should think there should be some regression uh, expected I don't think he's ready to be the breakout for them he's young and exciting so I think that they should be a lot higher I think they deserve to be on this list I understand we love to hate on Cleveland right now I love it I, I I not love it I understand that we like hating on Cleveland I do I, I really understand it because they're a team that doesn't want to compete for some reason despite the fact that they're in the playoffs and they have a good team but I don't think that they deserve to be off this list especially when they have Shane Bieber by default they should be on the list and then lastly I want to just talk about the Braves real quick I don't think the Padres have played them yet this spring training but the disrespect for the Braves has gotten like out of control the Braves are I've seen places that have them going like one game above 500. And my thing is, it's the same roster, except they're getting Charlie Morton from the Rays who decide that they can't afford to pay him like 10 million or whatever it was, that God forbid you do that, right? Charlie Morton's a really good starter. And they have Ian Anderson, a young 22-year-old who was awesome last year and might be an awesome pitcher for them. And they have Mike Soroka, who was their ace last year, coming back this year. So if you're going to put the Yankees at four, and part of that might be because they're saying Severino's great and he'll be coming back at some point, then Mike Soroka should be involved in that too. So I don't understand the Braves being ranked at number nine. I think they should be a lot higher. I think they're better than the Yankees. I think they might even be better than teams like the White Sox and the Nationals and the Reds. I do think they're better than them. The disrespect going on for the Braves is a little bit much. I know we love trashing on the Atlanta teams for basically being choke artists every year, but this is just too far. You know, they have the same team, same offense, everybody. They even brought Marcelo Zuna back, so I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I know that they're choke artists. I know that they blew the 3-1 lead against the Dodgers last year, but that shouldn't warp their mind so much that we're all of a sudden expecting them not to be a good baseball team this year. I'm not saying you have to have them winning the World Series, but not in the not above teams like the Yankees for their pitching rotation, which is a lot deeper. And I even mentioned Max Fried, who was like their breakout ace right here, former Padre. Shout out to him. I know his K-rate isn't all that good, but you know, probably an ace pitcher, so don't really get that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So stop with the disrespect for Atlanta, guys. Come on. Stop with the disrespect for them. We could be meeting them, my Fire Faithful Hobies, in the NLCS for all we know. Um, But yeah, that's what I think of the top 10 list according to Fangraphs uh, that came out this week. And that's basically it for the main thing of this podcast. Before we wind things down kind of officially, I want to just talk to you guys about something very, very important. It is crossover Wednesday guys every week uh, until opening day there's going to be division day here on the Locked On MLB Network it's awesome I will not be having a division day pod I got the off week this week but Locked On Giants 
and Lockdown Diamondbacks are having their crossover uh, tomorrow, as well as Lockdown Rockies and Lockdown Dodgers. They're having their crossover tomorrow. If you guys want to have different perspectives on the rest of the division, definitely check that out. It's not yours truly, but I'll be back with my crossover with Ryan Latica of Lockdown Rockies next week, so you have that look to look forward to. This Division Day thing is really exciting from the network, and I definitely recommend you guys check it out. Not just for the NL West, but a whole bunch of teams, too, that you might be curious about. Just get different perspectives and be educated on the whole entire Major League Baseball league i don't know why i said it major league baseball league that way don't know why i did that i really really don't but guys in terms of the future of this podcast tomorrow like i said is not division day instead i'm planning on having on aaron layton of locked on mlb prospects and locked on marlins to talk about maybe just a tiny bit of the marlins i'll let him gush about how he's exciting and he likes the future of his team but mostly we're gonna be talking some prospects talking campuzano and abrams and anything that aram has seen uh from those guys and some others uh in the some of the young guys from the padres system and what he thinks about spring training as a whole and if there are other prospects people should be paying attention to that should be a super fun and nerdy talk and i mean nerdy i mean trust me guys aram said this himself this is not i don't mean this disparagingly this this kid's a nerd and it's awesome he loves this stuff he's so 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 much smarter than me when it comes to baseball stuff so that's going to be a lot of fun and then thursday is going to be the recap yep let me just plug it one more time remember wednesday i am doing my locker room live show on the locker room app it's in the description the link you guys should check that out 6 p.m et going to be answering a bunch of questions i get on twitter and also like if you guys want to be part of it i might you can invite people on stage during it so you can just talk to with me live it's going to be a whole lot of fun celebrate st patrick's day might indulge in a couple adult beverages for the heck of it because it is St. Patty's. That's going to be a lot of fun. And the recording for that, if you by any chance can't miss it, that'll be going up on Thursday's uh, show. So that should be a lot of fun. And then Friday, I don't know exactly what I'm doing Friday. Got a potential crossover with Ryland Styles of Lockdown Rolls for Albatross Contract coming in. That should be a lot of fun. But I've been talking a whole lot today, guys. I don't know. I just had a lot of energy today. Just very exciting day for me. I don't know why. I don't know why. I uh, just was in a good mood, I guess. But uh, with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And while you're at it, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app for uh, to make me happy, just to make me happy. I really appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.